Question for you. Uh, how many of you like home improvement shows? Any home improvement show fans? Like all those home improvement shows where they take a perfectly good house and a perfectly good room and they totally destroy it and then rebuild it. You know what I'm talking about, these shows? I'm not talking about like the Tim Allen home improvement show from the 90s. <laughs> Pretty good, right? Huh? Not bad. I used to love that show, and mainly because I'm kind of Tim Allen-ish in my own home improvement type uh, abilities, um, but I used to love that show, you know, more power. <laughs> anyway, uh, but I, I'm, I'm not a fan, I'm not a big fan of like the home improvement shows that you see on television, like on DIY Network and all those shows, HGTV, uh, uh, but some people really like those shows, and, and, and because I think uh, they're inspiring uh, these shows are, are kind of inspiring when it comes to, uh, you know, giving people ideas for how to redecorate or renovate their own homes. Uh, they get kind of inspired to, to go out and spend tens of thousands of dollars to renovate a perfectly good house. Anyway, um, I, my house was eaten by termites and therefore had to be renovated, but I would never have made that choice to do that again in a million years. Um, but uh, we like these shows because, like I said, they're inspiring, and, and we want to go out and we want to, you know, we want to renovate something. We want to grab tools and do stuff, and you know, it's it's within us a little bit, right? Or or, or the, how many of you like those uh, personal improvement shows, like The Biggest Loser? Any Biggest Loser fans? Anybody like The Biggest? Loser? No, no, yay! Or uh, remember Extreme Makeover, the show, not Extreme Makeover Home Edition. That's, I, I will admit, I liked Extreme Makeover Home Edition. Ty Pennington, the ADHD host of that show. Oh, man, that was great. And the move that bus moment. You know, they got a family that's adopted like 92 kids from like third world nations. And they're living in a two-bedroom house. And, and then they're like, we're going to build you a 60-room a mansion now. And it's like, yay. And the whole town gathers around. Move that bus. Move that. You know what I'm talking about? That was like the, and the move that bus moment was like the best. You know, the family's like freaking out. Ah! And I'm freaking out watching it go, ah! you know, crying and everything. It's like, oh man, I love that show. Love that show. But uh, I'm talking about like personal improvement shows. Like maybe you've seen like Extreme Makeover or uh, The Biggest Loser. Where, and those shows are inspiring. I think we like those shows because they're inspiring. Because we see somebody do something that, you know, we wish we could do. Something that, you know, I wish I could do that. I, you know, it's like, I wish I could be like that guy and, and lose X amount of pounds in X amount of weeks. You know, it's like, I'm going to lose. And, and we'll do that. We're like, yeah, I'm going to do that. I am going to do that. I'm going to lose 72 pounds in three weeks. Uh, no, 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 you're not. And neither am I. You know, with two words, pizza rolls. And, uh. And they're the best. They're absolutely the absolute best. I haven't, and I'll, I'll be honest, I have not eaten a single pizza roll this year. In 2007, not one pizza roll in 2017. Haven't lost a pound. And so I am mad at Totino's pizza rolls. And maybe that's not the problem. Maybe the Totino's pizza rolls are not the problem. Maybe it's all the other junk that I eat, and I should go back to eating the Totino's pizza rolls. That would make me happier. But we like those shows. We, uh, people like those shows. They like those improvement shows, the home improvement shows, personal improvement shows, because they're inspiring. And it's like, I'm going to do something different. And uh, I'm going to renovate something. I'm going to renovate my house. I'm going to renovate a room. I'm going to renovate my, my life. I'm going to renovate my weight. I'm going to renovate something. And we're all about renovation. And we want to be different. We want to change things. We want to change ourselves. We want to change people. 
How many of you want to change people? <laughs> yeah. Every married person in here should have raised their hand. I want to, I want to change somebody. Parents, I want to change my kids, right? No, your kids are perfect. But we want to change. And change is hard. You know, we want to change ourselves. Personal renovation, right? We, uh, we want to do this. We want to be better parents. Uh, if you're a parent, you want to be a better parent. Uh, you want to yell at your kids less and, and learn how to, you know, teach them to love Jesus more. I mean, you want to you be a better parent. Or you want to be a better spouse. And you don't want to wake up in the morning and, and be a jerk. How many of you have ever done that? I've done that. I, I, I'll admit it. I, I've done that. It's like, man, I don't want to be a nice spouse today. I don't, be a, I don't want to be a good husband today. I, you've never done that? I saw a couple hands, but yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, I just, you know, it's like wait, you wake up in the morning on the wrong side of the bed, and it's like today is not going to be anybody's day. Today is not my day, and it's definitely not going to be your day. It's like one of those things where you wake up in the morning and you feel like there was a giant meeting overnight, like the whole world got together and said, we're going to just, it's not going to be Sean's day, and it's like, I'm ready to go. I am, it's fine, world, bring it on. And, and, but nobody, I mean, we don't wake up going, man, I, I want to be worse today. I, I want to be a bigger jerk today. Uh, I want to be a, a worse employee. I want to be a worse husband. I want to be a worse wife. I want to be a, a, a worse parent. We don't do that. We, we want to change. We want to be better. Uh, we want to be better parents. We want to be better employees. We want to be better employers. Uh, we want to be better managers. We want to be better teachers. We want to be better uh, spouses. We, we want to be better. We want to do better. And yet we can't, and we don't. I mean, like I said before, go to a bookstore and check out the self-help section or the personal improvement section. There's thousands of books. Go on Amazon. They've got a whole section of self-help personal improvement books. And there's thousands of books. And we're reading all of these books and wondering, why isn't the world getting any better? And why aren't we getting any better? Why aren't I getting any better? It's because I can't do it on my own. There's no such thing as self-help. I am helpless. And it's because I'm a control freak. I'm a control freak. I know, maybe you're a control freak. I tried this in the first service. I'm going to try it with you guys and see how it goes. Knock, knock. Control freak. Now you say control freak who? It didn't work again. I'm the control freak and I tell you what to do. Therefore, I am the control freak. Knock, knock. Who's their control freak? Now you say control freak who and you go, ha, 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 ha. I get it. First service didn't get it either. And maybe it's just not funny of a joke, but it's one of my favorite knock, knock jokes. It tells you a lot about my pathetic sense of humor. <sighs> again, Note to self, no more knock-knock jokes in sermons. Not, yeah, not that one. <sighs> Thought for sure my favorite service would get it. And first service usually, uh, if they ever watch the second service sermon online, they would know that you're my favorite. But no one's ever said a word to me, which tells me nobody is watching my sermons online. Nobody. But we're all control freaks in a way. We want to control stuff. 
We want to change ourselves. We want to renovate our lives. We want to renovate our, our families. We want to renovate our situations. We want to we do better. And yet we can't. And I think the reason is because we don't surrender. We don't give up. And I think that's the key. We hold on to things so tightly. And we hold on to our lives so tightly. And we hold on to bits and pieces of things so tightly that we don't surrender them to God. We don't surrender them to Jesus. So I want to talk about that for the next four weeks. Not straight. I meant four weeks. We're going to talk about this for four weeks. We're going to talk about this idea of surrender and what it means to be surrendered completely to Jesus. We're going to talk about four areas of our lives that we need to surrender to Christ. Uh, today we're going to talk about surrendering our hearts to Jesus and loving God with all of our heart. Next week we're going to talk about talk, uh, surrendering our hands to Jesus and surrendering our hands in service to Jesus and serving Him by serving others. Then we're going to talk about surrendering our feet to Jesus and we're going to talk about what it means to go out and share the gospel with people and what it means to go out and tell people about Jesus and to help people follow Jesus, that our feet are going to take us into a mission field. And then we're going to talk about surrendering our gifts to Jesus. And the things that we have, our time, our talent, and our treasure, we're going to talk about surrendering them to Jesus. So that's where we're going to go for the next four weeks. And then in the month of October, we're going to talk about The Vow. It's a sermon series about marriage from Life Church in Oklahoma. We're going to do that series and talk about how to be better spouses. And, and so if, if you're married or if you're getting married or you know somebody who's getting married or you know somebody who's married, it'd be a great chance to invite them to come check that out. Uh, and then in uh, November, we're going to talk about some vision stuff. And then in December, we'll talk about Christmas. And then in the new year, we're going to talk about Galatians. So that's where we're going for like the next seven months. Exciting, right? Thank you. Oh, good. Yay. I'm excited. I, I missed you guys last week. I was out of town, you know, and, and I missed you guys. I, I got back into town on Monday. I was like, man, I miss church. I miss my church. I love you guys. Thank you. I love you guys. I really do. And I love seeing you. And I love spending time with you. And I love worshiping with you. And I love talking to you about Jesus. I love you guys. And I love my church. And I just want you to know that. So you guys are the best. Uh, and I don't mean that just because you're the second service. I, I love first service too. Um, but when it comes to this idea of surrender, I, I really think it's important. I, I think it's extremely important that we learn to give up. And then we learn to surrender to Jesus, surrender these areas of our lives, because we hold on so tightly to them. And so today we're going to talk about loving God with all of our heart, soul, and mind. We're in Matthew chapter 22 today. We're going to look at verses 34 through 40. If you brought a Bible, great, turn to Matthew 22, 34 through 40. If you didn't bring a Bible, you can grab one out of the chair in front of you. There should be a Bible around there somewhere. Uh, it's on page 699 of that Bible. Uh, or uh, you can use your favorite app on your smartphone or tablet, or the words will be on the screen in just a moment. Uh, be bigger, <laughs> easier to read. So I want to set the stage for you, Matthew 22. It's the last week of Jesus' life, and he has entered into Jerusalem uh, to die for the sins of humanity. He's going to be nailed to a cross, and he's going to die for our sins. It's Passover time. This was a, a yearly feast that the Jews would celebrate, and Jesus, being Jewish, went to Jerusalem in order to celebrate Passover. And now Passover was the feast that they celebrated the delivery of God's people, the Jews, from slavery in Egypt when the death angel passed over the homes 
of those who had put blood on the doorposts. And, and so uh, Jesus is in Jerusalem uh, to celebrate Passover, and the religious leaders of his day are looking for a reason to kill him. They're trying to trap him. They're trying to ensnare him so that they can find reason to accuse him, try him, and kill him. And so in Matthew 22, we see different religious, religious groups and leaders coming up to him in order to ask him questions to try and trap him. And in verses 34 through 40, an expert in the law, it says, uh, 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 someone that we would look at as kind of being a, a, like an attorney or a lawyer, is coming to question Jesus. So let's look at verses 34 through 36. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Now, what's important to know is that rabbis in those days taught that there were 613 laws. We can't even follow 10 commandments. Could you imagine trying to remember 613 laws? 365 negative ones, 248 positive ones. 613 laws. And this guy, this lawyer, this expert in the law, comes up to Jesus and says, what's the most important one? Which is the greatest commandment? Now, this is a question that philosophers and, and Jewish leaders and rabbis and teachers uh, wrestled with a lot. They, but it was commonly held that Jesus' response in the next three verses was about the, the best answer one could give. And so uh, Jesus is going to reply uh, with what he believed and taught to be the greatest commandment. Look at verses 37 through 40. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And so Jesus sums up 613 commandments. He sums up the entire Old Testament in these two commands. Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love people. Love your neighbors yourself. Now in Luke's gospel, when, Jesus, uh, when Luke records this incident, he also records that Jesus tells this lawyer the parable of the Good Samaritan. And says basically your neighbor, because the lawyer asks him, who is my neighbor? And he wanted to see who he had to love, not how, who he got to love, but who he had to love. He wanted to know who is my neighbor. And uh, Jesus replies by telling him the parable of the Good Samaritan. Basically, your neighbor is anybody and everybody, especially those that you don't want to love. Now, when Jesus tells him that the first and greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, he's quoting from the book of Deuteronomy, verses 4 and 5 of chapter 6. And this is what it says. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. This is known as the Shema. Good Jews repeat it every single day. The Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength or, or might. Uh, and when the word gets translated into the Greek, from the Hebrew to the Greek, uh, it comes out as mind. Uh, basically, we are to love God with everything that we've got. We are to love God with all that we are and all that we have. And we are to love God with all of our heart. Our heart uh, is our emotional side. You know, you've heard teenagers say this, Well, I love him with all my heart. <laughs> yeah. I love her with all my heart. Until she breaks it in two weeks. Because those teenage relationships last forever. <laughs> But I love him, we're to love God with all of our heart, that emotional side, that when you feel that love for God, when you feel that love for God. 
But there's more to it than just feelings. Uh, we love God with all of our soul. That's our spiritual side. That's a choice. Uh, that's the, where we feel this love for God in our spirit and our soul. We love God with our spiritual side. And we love God with all of our mind. That is our intellect. Christianity is not just blind faith. It's not just, you know, accepting blind faith. It, there are intellectual reasons for why we believe what we believe. And so we love God with our mind, we love with our heart, our soul, our mind. In other words, we love God with the totality of who we are. With everything we got, we love God. Now, how do we do that? Well, Leviticus 19.18 says this. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. And that's the second part that Jesus quotes there. He says, this commandment is just as important as this other commandment. You love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and then you love your neighbor as yourself. So how do we love God? We lo I believe that Jesus teaches us that we love God by loving people. That we love God with all that we are, and we love people as we love ourselves. And when we love people as we love ourselves, that is a, a, a demonstration of our love for God. Because God wants us to love God and love, to love Him and to love people. And so we see uh, that Jesus uh, silences the crowd. Uh, they, they cannot uh, come against Him um, in this matter, because he answers correctly. And he teaches as, in, in a way that no one else taught. And so, uh, he silences this lawyer. You know, when it comes to loving people, I think this is important. I think loving people is, is, is as important as loving God, as, as far as our, our loving people is an extension of our love for God. In James chapter 3, verse 9, James wrote, we, with it, he's talking about our tongues, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, our tongues, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. It is so important that we learn to love people because they are made in God's image. They are made in the likeness of God. And so we cannot say, I love God, but I hate people. Or I love God, and I don't like those people. Or I love God, but I don't like those other people. Or I love God, and I, I don't love people. They're, they're not exclusive. You can't have one without the other. If you love God, you've got to love people. Commands are right there. And I want to talk for the balance of our time about loving God with all of our heart, soul, and mind. And, and, and especially I want to talk about loving God with our heart. Because I think we have to surrender our hearts to Jesus. And that means surrendering every aspect of our hearts to Jesus in love for him. Because the God, the God who loves you with his whole heart, can't be loved with half of yours. See, Jesus wants wholehearted devotion. He wants wholehearted surrender. The God who loves you with his whole heart can't be loved with half of yours. You've got to give everything to Jesus. 100% of your heart. And we don't do that. Sometimes we don't want to do that. And instead of loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, we love other things. And some of those things we love more than God. We have idols in our lives. We think, I don't have an idol. I don't bow down to a worship, a statue. I don't bow down to worship a stone a, uh, or any kind of idol. I don't, I don't worship idols, really. I think we all worship idols in different ways. 
Maybe, you're, maybe your family is your idol. Perhaps your family is your idol, and you're like, you know what, I, my family's the most important thing to me. And your family comes between you and Jesus. Your family comes between you and God. And you're like, well, you know what, I, I, I'll give you my whole heart, God, except this one little part. Except this one little bit. I, 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 my family comes first. Jesus says, I got to come first. You got to surrender your family to me. You got to surrender everything to me. And so if your family is getting in the way of your wholehearted devotion to Jesus, that's something you've got to repent of. Or maybe it's your, your money or your possessions or your stuff or your job. We talked about that recently, didn't we? Maybe your stuff is coming between you and Jesus. Maybe your stuff is more important than Jesus. Your gadgets or your electronics or your computer or your money, your retirement, your possessions, your things, your clothes, your cars. Maybe that stuff is coming between you and Jesus, and you're like, no, 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 I'll give you everything except this little bit of my heart that I can't sacrifice my money, I can't sacrifice my stuff, I can't sacrifice my things. I don't want to surrender my stuff to you, Jesus. Something you got to repent of. You've got to say, no, Jesus, it's all yours. Jesus, you can have it all. I trust you with it. Until you're willing to give it all away, until you're willing to give it all up for him. Maybe an idol. Or, or, or maybe your, your idol is, is your job, or, or maybe your idol is your entertainment. Uh, maybe it's pleasure. Maybe that's your idol. And, and, and you just... Uh, Jesus, I'll give you everything except this little bit over here that, you know, it's, it's more important that I do this. It's more important that I invest my time in this. Or maybe it's like an addiction of some kind. You know, an electronics addiction, an entertainment addiction, a sports addiction. Guilty as charged. Thank you. She said go Packers. But even that right here. It's an addiction. I'm addicted to entertainment in sports form. It's like, Jesus, I'll do anything for you, except don't ask me to give up a Saturday night when Notre Dame is playing. Keep that back for myself. You know, maybe it's pleasure. Maybe it's, you know, a, 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 an immoral relationship. Uh, maybe it's sexual immorality. Maybe it's pornography addiction. Are you holding something back? You're saying, God, I'll, I'll give you everything, but not this. Not this sin in my life. Maybe it's sin. Maybe there's some idol of sin in your life that you just, I'll give it all to you except this. I've got to have this. And when we say, I've got to have this, whether it's your family, whether it's your money, whether it's your possessions, whether it's your job or your stuff or yourself, maybe you are your own idol. And when we say, I've got to pull this back for myself, I've got to have this for me, then you're worshiping an idol. And Jesus doesn't have your whole heart. You've got to surrender. You've got to be willing to surrender everything. You've got to surrender everything to Jesus. You've got to surrender your whole heart, heart, soul, mind, everything you are. 
You've got to be willing to surrender to Jesus. You've got to say, Jesus, I repent of my idolatry. I repent of my sin. I repent of my addiction. I repent of the things that I love more than I love you. For those places in my heart, those compartments in my heart that I have put this stuff in, and I have uh, put these things and I made them an idol, Lord, I repent of that. Because all I really need is you. The God who loves you with his whole heart can't be loved with half of yours. You've got to surrender it all to him. We have to give it up for him. We've got to be willing to say, Lord, I surrender. Lord, I give it all. Lord, I lay it down at the cross Lord, I lay it down at your feet. This sin, this struggle, this addiction, this idol, I'm going to lay it down. Because Jesus said that if we want to follow him, we have to take up our cross daily, deny ourselves daily, and follow him daily. It's each and every day making the decision that I will follow Jesus. I will love him most and the good news is is that we're not going to always do that and when we fall short and when we fail his grace is there to make up the difference so that when you fall short and you will and when i fall short and i will when i when those areas of my life that i try and take back those areas of my life that i try and grab back and say nope 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 i can't let you have it just yet i'm not ready to surrender that just yet God says, I have something so much better for you. Just, just let it go. I got something better in mind for you. And when you don't, I'll still love you. I'll still forgive you. And I'll still be waiting for you to give it up. So where are you this morning? Where are you today? Maybe your step that you need to take today is you need to take that initial step of surrender to Jesus. We offer an invitation every Sunday, and, and we're going to do that today, that if you've never, if you've never been baptized, if, if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus, if you've never surrendered your life to him by believing in him, repenting from your sin, confessing your faith, and getting baptized, and, then you can do that today. You can say, I, I surrender. I, I'm going to surrender my life to you today. I'm going to surrender my heart to you today. We invite you to do that. We have clothes you can change into, warm water to get baptized in. You can do that today. Or maybe you're at the point where you say, I need to repent. Yes, there are idols in my life. There are, my family is my idol. My job is my idol. My stuff is my idol. My sin is my idol. Myself, I'm, I'm, I am my own idol. That if you are there, if that's where, I, I need to repent of this. I need to, to give it up. I need to turn it over to Jesus. I need to surrender this area of my life to Jesus. And we invite, I want to invite you to do something radical today. That you're going to be like, I don't know if I can do that. When we sing our song of invitation in just a minute, uh, I'm going to invite you to come up here and just kind of kneel down at the stage and just repent in prayer today. And just say, Lord, I'm confessing this sin to you. I'm confessing this idolatry to you. I'm confessing this area of my life that I'm not willing to give up. And if you're ready to do that, I just invite you to come up here and just, and it doesn't matter what people think. It's like, oh, what was going on in her life? It doesn't matter what people think. It's a moment between you and Jesus where you say, I surrender.
and I am giving it up now and every day from here on out. Because the God who loves you with his whole heart can't be loved with only half of yours.